0: We included this section for two reasons. First, to show you some variations of the wave equation that have some interesting physics built into them, and secondly, to introduce you to one of the solution techniques that you're gonna see a lot more of in later chapters. That technique is called separation of variables, but as you've seen if you've read this section, before we get into separation of variables, we very briefly look at two equations that share some, but not all, of the characteristics of the classical wave equations. Those two equations are the advection equation and the KDV equation. If you read the earlier sections of this chapter, you've already seen the advection equation, which we write in equation 2.27 in this section. It's the first order version of the classical wave equation. And if you track that earlier discussion, you know that this applies to wave motion in one direction, whereas the classical wave equation has solutions that encompass waves moving in any direction the KdV equation, which we wrote as equation 228 in this section, differs from the classical wave equation in that it's nonlinear. So solutions to this equation don't satisfy superposition. You can read a lot more about that in the literature if you look up solitons. But it's the heat equation and the Schrödinger equation that we use to introduce the solution technique called separation of variables. And as it says in the text, this technique begins by assuming that the solution can be written as the product of two terms, one of which depends only on position, we call that capital X of X, and the other depends only on time, we call that capital T of T. Now, how do you know that you can do this? That is, you can write the solution, Y of X and T, as a product of an X term and a T term. Well, going in, you don't, but it turns out that in many physical situations, you can do this, and the solutions turn out to be physically meaningful. One example of that is the heat equation, which we have as equation 229. Notice that the heat equation differs from the classical wave equation in that it's first order in time rather than second order in time, as the classical wave equation is. When you assume this product of an x and a t term and plug that in to equation 231, if you do a little bit of math, which we show in the text, you get an equation in which one side depends only on time and the other side depends only on position, like equation 2.33. Why is that so useful? Well, think about what this means. If the left side depends only on time, That is, it doesn't matter if you move position, the only thing that changes that term is the passage of time. And the right side doesn't depend on time, it only depends on where you're located. Then the only way this equation can be true is if neither of those terms varies at all. They must both be constant. Why is that? Well, imagine that you stay at one location and just let time pass. Letting time pass, if the left term, the time term, varies at all, you'll have a different value for that term but the right side depends only on position. And if you remain at the same location, that term will not vary. So how can the term containing time always equal the term containing position? The answer is they must both be constant. That's called the separation constant, and we've called that separation constant minus b. You can see the solutions for the time domain function in equation 235, and as you can see, they're decreasing exponentially with time. So that's one way to use the separation of variables technique. You can also see that same technique applied to solve the Schrodinger equation as we show in the last bit of this section. Notice that the Schrodinger equation, which is equation 236, is also first order in time just like the heat equation. But the presence of that factor of i, the square root of minus 1, has important consequences for the solutions to the Schrodinger equation. As you can see in equation 240, the solutions to the Schrodinger equation are oscillatory, unlike the solution to the heat equation, which was decreasing exponentially because it didn't include that factor of i. You can read a great deal more about Schrodinger's equation and its solutions in chapter 6 if you're interested, but in this section we just wanted to give you a brief introduction to the technique of separation of variables. As always, we strongly recommend that you work through the problems at the end of the chapter if you'd like some practice actually using the concepts discussed in this section. Good luck. We'll talk to you in Chapter 3.